this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. I have a guest and I'm going to go directly to her to introduce herself and to tell you guys all about how magical she is. She's a good friend and she's a very powerful um, channel and intuitive human. So go ahead, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my name is Mary Margaret Skelly and I have my own leadership development and executive coaching business primarily for women, although a few men have snuck in, which I love. And I have a background in executive recruiting. So for over 10 years, I recruited C-level, meaning CEOs, CFOs, that kind of level, to Fortune 500 companies and large banks. So I've interviewed a lot of people. I've uh, coached and developed over 200 people just in, in this business over the last few years. And I'm just really interested in how we can work like human beings <laughs> and not robots and explore the full range of our humanity from the masculine to the feminine that's in all of us and actually enjoy it and not just be automatons kind of typing away on our computers, but bringing like elegance and beauty and magic to the mundane of it all. And it's all, it's all as my teacher used to say, it's all sacred. Yes. So Mary Margaret and I met because we're both Kundalini practitioners and we met through Guru Jagat and, and we were immediately bonded (laughs) and it was fast and it was really beautiful. And we've probably known each other for a very long time. And I, you know, I, what I'm, what I'm really bringing into my podcast recently is this heart opening experience that humanity is going through. And this is going from, we're going to be forced to move through our fears and go into a place of more being. And that's kind of what you've done in your business. If you, as you taught women, how do you get there? How do you, how do you like stop being a man? And so what I've been really working on is, is how, what is this woman? Right. And in every podcast, I keep bringing this up. What does it mean to be a woman? And I have discussed how we've become men and that we've allowed like this, like why as the most intelligent, heart-based, intuitive, um, earth-loving, dancing, you know, women on this planet, why do we think that it's our job to enter into the office and, and battle with them? And and that's what we've done. And that's what I've done is like one thing after another of doing and doing and doing. And so I've come to a point of like, what is it? What if I didn't? What if I didn't do so much? What would that be? And I'm battling inside myself right now. And financially, I can do that. Um, I have all the basic needs met. My first book, Mystical Motherhood, talks about you need to have Maslow's hierarchy in place in order to become this human that's in this place. And I did it. But now I'm battling with my conditioning. And so I wanted to bring Mary Margaret on to really talk with all of us of how do we, you know, you know, how do we stop being men? How do we undo that conditioning that is telling us that we're not enough if we aren't constantly working to like them? Because that's who we think, like we're trying to battle them in their own battle. And we're only creating more greed and, and corruption in the planet in their battle, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, and this is such an interesting conversation, and I think you and I are probably going to explore this concept, you know, for the rest of our, our lives. It's it's so interesting because we don't have a good model of like what even is a woman, because okay, the fifties where we were just housewives, like that wasn't satisfying, and then um, 
there have been these waves of feminism and some people are like, and I, they can be forgiven for this. Some people are like, was that just a psyop so that women would like pay more taxes, like get back to work and pay more taxes and grow the economy? Like, was that really about feminine empowerment? But I think it's so fascinating because you and I are in different seasons because for the last three and a half years, I was very much being And after 10 years of like hyper masculine linear, I never even heard of masculine feminine polarities. I never even heard of that until, you know, not, not so long ago. Um, I was just bred to achieve and, um, there was never a discussion of like, Oh, men and women are, are, are different or the masculine and feminine in us is different. However you want to say it. But as I just told you, I just accepted a job in a very corporate masculine environment and I'm excited about it. And here's why. So I think the yogic kind of definition of woman is really interesting. They say a woman is 16 times more everything than a man. So all the good things and all the bad things. We're 16 times more emotional, more prone to freak out, but 16 times more everything else, intuitive, analytical, um, you know, so on and so forth, nurturing. And so really that encompasses all that is a man. So if you look at it from that angle, it's like the female is a man plus more. Like we encompass everything. So the next phase of my life is going to be exploring. Can you be in those spaces? And um, the reason I'm going back is because I need more mental stimulation. And I really thought that I could, you know, sit, sit around and, you know, I, I, have a, I have a thriving entrepreneurial business coaching people, but it's purposely, purposely quite laid back in terms of the marketing that I do, how often I see clients, so forth. So I've had a lot of space over the last three and a half years and I, I overcorrected. I had to. And I'm really excited to get to some sort of median. And I'm not saying it'll happen overnight. I think it'll be a continued, like a daily check-in kind of thing. But I, I, uh, you know, as a woman, I need a lot of energy swirling around me. I need resources coming in. I need resources going out. I need to be able to move energy and money around. And um, I also feel that in the job that I'm going into in executive recruiting, I'm going to be talking to hundreds and hundreds of people. And, you know, without an ego around it, I feel like as a meditator, as somebody who can bring a frequency that's a little bit more heart-centered, that that's part of my mission is to be around a lot more people. Because if it were up to me, I would just be in my living room by myself. Like I'm very introverted, but this feels like the next assignment in that way. So I, I've learned a lot um, over the past few years. And my, my whole goal is like, how can you not get wrapped up? My, it's a commission-based business. So how can I not get wrapped up? And hey, the more you put your head down and work, the more money you can make. And so this is, my, this is my challenge right in front of me, which is how can I be like really graceful and elegant with my time? How can I uh, receive at work and be more magnetic rather than going out and getting it? And in fact, recruiting is really interesting because you have that opportunity to be quite receptive and magnetic, let people come to you in a way rather than being so aggressive. And, and, and so it's less about for me, the, the container of it all and more about like, what, how, what will my approach be as a fully integrated feminine, feminine and masculine sort of heart-centered person of the future? And I think we're, we're only at the cutting edge. We're pioneers and stumbling through that. Now, when you got this job, 
when did you do like, okay, so we've talked about Lacey Phillips before, I think privately and mm-hmm. those kind of things of like, did you, did it randomly come to you? Random. I never in a million years thought that this okay. would happen or that I would ever do it. In fact, my you- friend approached me and I basically told her to fuck off. <laughs> but then I really just sat with like, what is my assignment? And it's, 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 it's this for but now. It, that's usually how also I have found jobs. It's not anytime or anything, anytime I go out searching for a long time for something, I, or if I'm in a, any sort of discord or something, like I attract the wrong thing immediately. Anytime it's mind-based, it's like, oh gosh, is this a test, right? Yes. For most of my jobs, it's almost so random. And most of even anything, it's just sort of like, it just happened so quick. It's like, I just handed it. I just have an into, like I have like a ping or a thing that I, I hand it yes. over to something and then it happens. Now, how are you going to not freak out when it's commission-based, like how is the male and and the female in you going to balance? Well, I think this is like, this is the karmic aspect of it, right? Where it's like, this is the next test. Um, But I have been training. And like you said, you know, you and I have been lucky enough to have the space to even explore these questions. And so for the last three and a half years, five years, five years since I started Kundalini Yoga, uh, this is what my training has been all about. And this is like the, you're in this world, but not of it where like, can now this is the next test. Like, can you be put in front of this huge temptation and still keep your heart centered nature? So I think the tests just get bigger and bigger, but I, you know, I, I've, I've done enough mind, body, spirit training where, and I've been in situations where I've had like all the money I could possibly want. And it was, it was hollow and so, um, you know, the, 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 those are the experiences I will draw on to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, one thing I've realized with like work that isn't, I mean, I guess I would define this kind of work isn't like creativity work. Cause when I'm, when I'm being creative and writing my books or I'm working with clients or I'm doing podcasts or whatever, that doesn't feel like work to me. That just feels like just this like beautiful, creative thing. I could do that for I could do it forever, but I definitely need breaks in it. It's like a wave. Like I have a huge, huge um, amount of information that comes through. And then I'd have to have like a downtime or another wave can't come. Now with work, I have learned human things. So I've learned how, how to not, how to have integrity, how it can be very grounding, how you can, you don't want to identify as it. So the identification of like, I am like a lot of like, for example, doctors, I, they, they own that. Like I am a doctor and right. this is what I believe, this is why my beliefs are so strong. And, and that's what like, you know, chopping wood, what you were just saying about you now can go into it with this new kind of like, who are you it's now? Out of remove. It's out of remove. I'm not an executive recruiter. Right. I am a person who does that job at times in my life. And it's very grounding, as you say. And I think it's interesting, this polarity idea that we get from yoga. I think sometimes we think work has to be all bliss or life has to be all bliss. And there's a really grounding component to like a, a very much like, I don't want to use the word transactional, but a very much like, uh, you know, this is something I do in exchange for money. I, I don't know that. And life, I mean, we're so lucky that there are just different seasons to life. I'm not saying these things have to be constant, but to go back to something that's just very much like, here's the job you do it. And we send you a paycheck. There's something I think very human about that stability that 
is not necessarily something we always want to escape or need to. Right. And I was also thinking it makes more so much more sense. Um, the, the saying like, what do you want to experience? And at different times in my life, it's different things. And before, you know, I, when I was working um, in, this repro- in reproductive medicine, which I'll probably go back to, but right now I've changed my life a little bit. I needed, I was going through so much spiritual energy that I just needed, I needed a place to go every single day that was normal. Yeah, you and taught I, me that. Yeah, and I needed to be with women and I because I had so much energy coming through me, so much changes. Like, so I just needed to like go to work. And that was my normalcy <laughs> because everything I wasn't living in this where other people, it may be, I don't know, like they're they don't have that level of like spiritual, like I was like going through the one of those massive awakenings I've ever had. And then I that was what I needed that for. Now I learned boundaries from that. I learned that I don't really need that for, you know, financial reasons as much as like, you know, just to have, like, now it's like, I want to work with women. Now I'm, I become an expert in that field. Like now I, it's silly not to provide services that I'm very good at that are so rare. Right. And so you can become more picky. And I guess what I want to move into next is women, mothers that they're, they're like, their identification is in motherhood. Their identification is in the house. Their identification is in their job, but like they're fighting. And I mean, this is like this classic conversation, but it's like, it's not really talked about enough. Like, I mean, it is incredible. Like, so I'm out, I moved out to Bronxville and there's women out here that are commuting to the city with three kids and they're commuting back. I mean, that commute is no joke. That is exhausting. Like my kids, just like, even like if they have a math problem, like I don't even understand second grade math. Like, like, what are you doing? I have no idea, you know, and it takes so much time to do all these different things. Do you think, I mean, if there's no financial responsibility, what is it in the woman that needs to do that? Like what do you, when you've worked with women, like what, what is it in us? Let's say, let's say they don't need to do that. Yeah. And let's say for the ones that stay home and they feel guilty, like how do we handle all of this? Yeah. yeah. I'm not a mother. I'd like to be one day, and but I am a keen observer of people. I'm also not a chief financial officer, but like I, I place them. So I, I, I'm like, uh, as an observer, um, I will say that like guilt is just the most corrosive thing. And women turn inward because we want to, we want our choice to be the best one. So then we just start judging everybody else because we have to like, we, we have to claim our choice as the best one. So I think the more we can just chill out and realize one thing that comforts me is that children, this idea that children come in choosing their parents, choosing their experience. So it's like, great. If you want to go back to work at three months, you know, and you're, maybe your kids signed up for that and they have like a bonding, like they have a soul connection with the nanny, right? Like that's beautiful. Or maybe, you know, you really feel like I have to be home till they're five years old or whatever. Um, that's what the kids signed up for and needed, you know, needed that nurturing. I think just like real confidence about your own choice and tuning everything else out is just, is just critical. And I think what that comes from I think it's like part of it is so normal and natural. And I think some women tune that out. They go back to work at three months and they don't want to, and they lie to themselves about it. And they just say, well, this is what everyone else is doing. And actually it's breaking them up inside. And that's something that's really sad. And that women should be confident enough to say, this isn't right. Like, even if you still have to go back acknowledging, like, this isn't right. Now on the flip side, 
I think some of the, like the masculine achievement comes into play with the the motherhood. So it's like, okay, I'm a stay-at-home mom now. Well, I'm going to be the best stay-at-home mom of all time, you know? And it becomes that that like competitiveness. So there's a lot swirling around. I think it just comes back to like you got to get right with yourself and your family and your own needs and then own it 100% and and just like drop the guilt is the most corrosive thing. You know, so the argument not argument um as you're saying that I was thinking like, I, I mean, if we, if every woman had the ability for a man to take care of them or they had yeah. money coming in. So they like, let, let's go back to tribal times where there's a, let's say the male are gathering the food and they're active, protecting, gathering, and the women are home having children and cooking, right? And they're yeah. in the earth and they're in this being more place. And they're not thinking, they, they may be doing things that are basic, but they're not thinking like we are, right? Just mm-hmm. un- incredible. Now, if we were to have that where it goes back into this like a traditional male-female role, the male would essentially be financially taking care of the female or the female would be financially taken care of. And then she's allowed to go in that heart space. Now, what are the emotions that would come up if a woman's allowed not to work? I don't think it's enough for the Aquarian woman. I really don't. I think you can stay in the heart space and go out and work. I think that is almost like a rudimentary kind of understanding of like male, female roles. I used to think that's what was necessary. I got married a couple of years ago, quite frankly and honestly, into a situation where I was taken care of. And not only that, but like no guilt around it. Like, yeah, do what you want to do, you know, like full support. And so I did. And uh, I realized like, you know, I think part of, Part of moving, if you want to get really esoteric, they say that like really advanced uh, extraterrestrials, Pleiadians, whatever you want to call it, they're very integrated. They're almost androgynous. Now, not in the way that we've promoted androgyny, you know, kind of from an external perspective, like right now, that's, it's, it's all external, but from an internal, they're balanced and they, they have the whole full range of capabilities from masculine to feminine. I think that's kind of interesting because I think there's a way to be, I think, there's a way for us to be integrated. I think the modern woman uh, wants more, can have more. And then the challenge is, can you still stay in the heart center when you go and do all of those things? But I think we have so many talents that um, not all of us want to stay home and be nurturing. I mean, that's a huge part of it. Like I want that in addition to all these other things. So there's definitely a tension because you can't do it all at the same time but you can have those experiences throughout your life and you can keep an open heart in the most masculine boardroom. You know, you, you, and that I think is our challenge. What do you think about this? I think I want to know, I want to know what your perspective, when you see a woman mm-hmm. and you're interviewing her for a job mm-hmm. or you're interviewing her or you're just talking to her as a friend or you're, you know, what makes somebody in their heart and, and, and really in their heart and what makes somebody not when you're experiencing that? I'm such just curious. That's yeah. such a good question because I truly have so few examples of women who are in their heart. And the one example that I have in my entire life, because most of the women I interview are, are not, they're in very powerful jobs and they haven't integrated both sides. And they, I can sense like a lot of them feel like something's missing. Although I would say that for men too. 
there's one woman in my life. She is my aunt's mother, <laughs> no real relation to me, but she is, she has a, her own company. It's a market research company in California, very successful. She's probably, she's had it for 50 years. She's still working. And uh, she is so elegant and such a, a wonderful, loving mother. But six weeks into having her first child, she's like, well, I guess I better stay home. So she stayed home for two days. And then she was like, I can't, I can't do this. And so she went back to work to, and so that's like the joke is she just like, she, she wanted to go work, but she's just, she is the most loving person. She's very elegant. She, she's, and she moves very slowly throughout the world. She's not frantic. She's not like her, you know, she, she's very agile. She makes things happen in her business, but like softly and people listen to her and they're drawn in by her. And, you know, she takes time to really dress elegantly. And um, she's very, very loving. She has a loving aura. And yet she's a very powerful businesswoman. But there's nothing sort of overtly masculine about her. And I will say that's like the one example I've, I've seen. So that's really amazing because that's exactly when we weren't recording, we're kind of personally talking about what's going on in our lives. And I was saying, I'm going through this period where, you know, anything that's happening in your life is exactly what needs to be happening. I Mm -hmm. I know that now. And whatever job is put in front of me that you actually take is what you're supposed to be doing then. And I don't mean that to be some sort of thing, but just it it really is exactly what you need. And like right now I moved away because I got my kids in the school and I'm in a place where I'm not physically going in to work. I'm not writing a million books and I'm not, I don't have all the clients I used to have because I was working so much before and I had let that go. And I'm just in this place of learning to slow down and get in my heart. And so I am seeing the anxiety in me though. I have nothing to worry about. Everything is being taken care of in every single moment. And I have this opportunity to go on a walk with my dog, to take my children to school, to do homework with them. It is so precious. I don't know if I'll always have it. And it's teaching me this power of presence, but I'm I'm seeing the anxiety dissipate in that. Like I should be doing more. I should be doing, it's the mind body, you know, almost like the body assimilating to, and I got the flu really bad to go into it. I I mean, just my whole body physically went through a a moment and I really looked at power and I looked at the idea of the most powerful person is the person who doesn't want any. Yeah. And, and actually has it all and doesn't really want anything and can do a lot with it and doesn't use it in the wrong ways. Right. That's power. Cause I, I was, I was seeing, cause I've seen myself move through these different ego powers where like the moment I think something, it happens. The, the moment I command that I'm going to move it, I move the moment. And like, and, and I, and I was talking about this on a, my last podcast is like that, that part of you can either be this, the sabotager can eat, it could be either the sabotager, but it, it is your, it is your superpower. And it can be used for good or bad, right? And and when you can kind of like move into the heart and into that presence you're talking about with that woman, that powerful mm-hmm. presence where she moves so slowly. Yeah. I mean, that is something like, it's hard to, to learn. You have to teach yourself. You have to teach yourself to like get up and, and go to the, you know, like take your dog on a walk where that used to, my nervous system used to not be able to even handle the level of like, yes. Do you know what I mean? 
Oh, 100%. I went through that period and I feel like I hope every woman gets it because it's very confronting and it is a nervous system recalibration to a a set point because we are addicted to adrenaline because of, I mean, we're, we're come out of the womb like that. Our parents were, our moms were drinking so much coffee. Like, you know, like that was the pace. It was like running around busy school mornings and like running to a million different activities. And that's been our, um, that's where we're comfortable because it's a set point of constant adrenaline running through us and to get the space to re reset it's powerful. And you learn, like you say, that power, power is very quiet. Power is when people are sitting around and they don't know what to do. And they say, let's ask her, let's go ask her. That's power. When you're like the quiet advisor in the background and everyone wants your opinion. And, um, and that's available to all of us. And, you know, another time that I went through this, but I didn't know how to handle it because I didn't have the spiritual background or the training or the, you know, life. I don't know. I don't, is when I first had my first baby. And I, I, that is when you have a baby and you're right before you give birth and you're in that postpartum period, it's a period of being. And that's why I believe that I, I think postpartum depression is a combination of many things, but it's really women don't know how to be in just to be. And you can't, do anything else. Your body needs to be, and your, you know, and so the women that work out immediately or, you know, like panic, it's like, it's like you're creating more anxiety because you're used to anxiety. And another thing that I found that really takes women out of that presence of that power is trauma Mm -hmm. because I, and I saw it myself until I really healed that. And I mean, I, even in friends, I can see it so quickly now that it's dissipated, but like if, you know, you get to know someone and then you see all of a sudden they become like, everything's really chaotic. Like they can't make it to this meeting or they cancel or they change plans or, or something. And it's like, nope, that's, that's chaos, but chaos in the form of trauma, mm-hmm. which is kind of it chaos in the form of trauma. It bounces off the walls. Yes. And so if you have that in yourself or you have it in a friend or you see a friend going through it, you can either decide, I want this in my life. I'm going to hold this woman through this. And I'm going to see that, you know, I'm going to admit, let her understand that her trauma is playing out because trauma creates this energy. I guess, what would you describe it as? And then they're, they're, they're playing that out in all forms. And so that doesn't really allow true power of presence to come through because they're constantly battling with this baseline frequency, right? Yes. Yeah, and it takes so much energy to avoid that. And the fear is that if I stop and slow down, and this is really happening to us right now because the last two years have been so devastating. It's like if I stop and slow down, I'm going to have to feel that grief or feel that sadness. And that's so alien to us. We don't have, you know, we, we don't have a cultural understanding that it's okay to like feel those emotions and be sad. It's like the minute you're sad, you pop a pill. So... Yeah, that's and that's why I think a lot of people are afraid of being because everything comes up. And what would you tell women that are like you? You've seen so many women, like the ones that are anxious for the next thing. The one, I mean, that's all of us. Okay, that this is a great question. 
I have always been doing, right? Always to the next thing, always. And my sister's like, oh, you live in the realm of hungry ghosts. And I was like, how do you know? Because so like, no offense to my sister or anyone else, but she's never changed her life. She's always lived in the same city. And most people don't, right? For me, my life has been a constant movement and I just the way it is. Now, how? what's the difference between God leading me or you know, and my destiny leading me to these different places and different points, which have been very magical or me, it's always my need to do. Like, how do I know the difference? Yeah, that's such a good question. But I think this is what we do is like, we, we, this is the polarity where we're like, well, you have to do, or you have to be, or like, you know, you stay in one place and you're steady. And if you're running around a lot, then you're, you know, whatever you're, you're unsteady. I saw this a lot in recruiting where it's like people who change jobs a lot. It was like, well, you know, they're, they're disloyal or like, they just can't make a decision. Maybe, I mean, that's possible, but it's like, what's the third way? Like what, what is the way above that polarity? And something that Guru Jagat and our, our yoga practice taught me is like, if you have a lot of neuron velocity, meaning like you're really fucking smart and you're really uh, if, uh, like, you've been around the, the planet for a long time. You've had a lot of lifetimes. You're, um, you know, Aquarian in that way. Uh, you need a lot going on. You need a lot. And some people are really designed that way. And, um, you know, it, that that's okay. We came to earth to have an experience, not to let just like sit around and have a fat 401k and like, you know, build equity in a house or whatever. So a lot of us do need a lot of experiences. And we contracted to be like, I'm going to live in a million places because I'm a grid of light. And all of those places need my grid of light. I move a lot. I move like every two years and uh, I've just made peace with it. It's in my astrological chart. And this is part of my mission is to be in collect energy from different places and deposit uplifting energy in different places. So, I mean, that's just the thing where I think, you know, through meditation, through peeling away the layers, you just have to get real with yourself. Like, am I running away from something or, you know, is this, is this the next assignment? And that's, you know, it's a very complex process of checking in with your nervous system. Like, is this enough? The human being always wants more. Always. That's how we evolve. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there is no satisfaction. There's never a point where you sit around and you're satisfied. People make fun of billionaires because they always want more. But it's like, once they stop, you're dead. So, you know, and hopefully they channel it into something positive, but we're always going to want more. That's fine. But if you can make peace with that of like, okay, that's always going to be there. But like, what pace do I want to move at? And what pace is right for my nervous system and my mission? It's very individual. I mean, one, I, I, that's, that's very true. I want to talk about the opposite of that too, because I do have people writing me a lot. Well, since my website got hacked 80 times, and shut down by Google. Oh God. They, and my, my, like my aunt runs it. I don't know. This is a side note, but she's like, I have no idea what's going on. Oh my God. But you are now like tagged by Google as like, they're trying to shut you down. They're trying to close your website. They close my work with me page. So I I noticed, and I don't pay attention because I don't ever care, but I noticed like I wasn't getting any more emails. Yeah. And then I had people writing me your, your things down and I kept getting multiple, like, and my, and my, they can't, there's no viruses. There's nothing that's happened. And I'm now tagged on Google as like a, a alerted site. Wow. That's bizarre. No, it's bizarre. Yeah. I don't know why anyway, but back to, I had a point to this. 
like used to get a lot of emails <laughs> before that. Yeah. And a lot of them were from women that felt really bad. They weren't doing anything. No. One email I got from a girl, I think that she had, I don't want to go into what she said, but it was, um, she felt really bad because she's like, you're writing so many books. I don't, I feel worthless. So how, how, I guess I loved it in that what you were just saying is like, we don't even need to have being in the heart, being in the mind and being and being and being and doing as these polarities, at some point they have to, and I wrote my last book on, you know, finding the one and I've really yeah. realized what one means. And one means is like, there isn't that effing polarity anymore. There isn't like, and, but you kind of have to go, you have to, and I love this as a, as a saying from, I think it's conversations with God. You have to know what you, in order to know what you are, you have to know what you're not. Yeah, And so on this planet, and, I, and that makes so much sense to me. So like, it makes you all the things you're going through, if you, they're right for you or they're wrong for you, you had to go through that to know if you liked it or not. Totally. And yeah. to know the opposite of it. And, yeah. and that's the only way on this planet, they were describing like in order to understand who you are, you have to see the polarity of who you're not. Right. And that's even interesting what's going on with the vaccines and going on with, you know, like the, like, and polarity creates being in extreme polarity of being versus doing or heart versus mind or whatever is being in fear and being in a lower vibration. But when you're not in that polarity, you are really more in the oneness more in, and you can be in your heart and your mind at the same time. One thing you say about what you were saying about, or just a second ago, another thing I was thinking is a lot of time I've recognized, like, let's say I have a goal in mind and I, and I get a goal and I, I'm like you, like, I'm going to do it. And like, I do it and it's intense. But then I've noticed that I'm the, God's not dang. I've sometimes it's not God dangling that carrot. I, sometimes maybe my, my higher self has to make me think it's God. Right. So I can actually get it done, but I'm dangling my own carrot in front of me. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm the only one that's chasing after that carrot. Yes. I guess. And sometimes I, I know it's all been experiences, but I do think that once you stop chasing after your own carrots, then you don't have to come back anymore. Yeah. We have to separate <laughs> out our conditioning from what's your actual mission. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these women who are emailing you saying, I feel bad. I'm not doing enough. Okay. That probably is, there's something nagging, which is like, okay, there's something more I could be being or doing, but this is where it becomes so individual. I love Dolores Cannon, this, um, uh, she's now deceased, but she, she did a lot of past life regressions, whatever. And she found that what well, something that emerged was that a bunch of us who came now at this time on the planet, we literally came to just be because our frequency of light, like existing on the planet is changing things for the better is driving out darkness. She's like, you literally could just exist. And like, you've, you've checked that box. But then it's like, okay, I have what, like 70 plus years. Like, how am I going to pass the time? <laughs> like, I got to pass the time down here. So then I believe there's like a secondary, like there are some things you came to, to do. And, but we have to really zoom out because for some women, it's you, you're going to raise like the second coming or whatever, you know, like you're going to raise a really solid kid. Like that's your mission. My mother-in-law, she raised five amazing children and she is like the most satisfied woman I know having the most fun. She's in her sixties. Like, and I believe it's because subconsciously she doesn't use this language, but her mission's done and she did a great job. And now she's just like traveling and having fun. She's a rare woman, you know, approaching her elder years uh, that's super satisfied 
and having fun. And so for a woman who's emailing you asking that, I would say that it has to be a daily thing, a daily check-in. What's required of me today? And for a lot, a lot of people, it's you got to get healthy first before you're going to go out and do all this grandiose stuff. So your mission might not be splashy. It might not be something you brag to your college friends about. It might be, I got to get enough sleep tonight, or I got to eat right. I got to like set the foundation. That's my mission today. And then everything else flows from that. When you have enough energy, then like, you know, these are people, your friends call you and offer you jobs or the book download, like it came for you, just comes through you. But you can't look to anyone else. You really can't. You can be inspired, but you cannot look to anyone else's journey and say, I'm just going to emulate that. You know, and as you talked about this, I thought about my first book, Mystical Motherhood. And uh, I I used Maslow's hierarchy. And Mm -hmm. that's the book everyone, I still get people all over. Like, I love this book. I love this book. And I was just like, that was just a book I wrote. Like I was writing a diary. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't ever in a million years think anybody would read it. And it sold thousands of copies and I have read it. It's amazing. Advertising on it. And so it's like, it was a diary. I was like, oh, if I was a nurse and I could teach somebody like what they're missing, this is what I would give them. Right. Like, and Maslow's hierarchy. So what I, I feel like I've gone through Maslow's hierarchy. I've got, you know, and, and I've really had these peak spiritual experiences, like what Maslow speaks about. Right. But sometimes in those peak spiritual experiences, I actually lost my body. So I saw myself in this, the last three years have been a series of peak spiritual experiences, almost too much trying myself. Right. And so my body gained a lot of weight and I don't regularly recognize used to be. So the old me was like very thin and fit and like super into that. And then I lost that because I was into the spiritual world. I forgot about my body and which is good because then I healed all those, um, eating disorders or whatever yeah. body dysmorphia, right. Yeah. From being in these peak, peak spiritual experiences. But I have to now in my time of being, which is like more like human level things. I now am like, I need to work out every day for an hour and a half. Like this is what I need to do again because I've forgotten how to get in my body. I was, mm-hmm. I was so in my head and so like, or not even out of my, out of my body. Right. Yeah. So I'm going back into Maslow's hierarchy, which is a really go back to mystical motherhood and, and, and remember like these things all have to happen in order to go into spiritual experiences. And then once you get to the spiritual experiences, you have to start back over and that's okay. Like those things have to be met. Like I got the flu. Yeah. Holy shit. To get you back into your body. Probably. Yeah. The flu. I was two, I was two weeks and I've never felt so human in my life. Mm-hmm. And my frequency has never been so low. And I of course was in an Airbnb well, my house is under construction, living out of a thing. And I was like, I really couldn't think of anything worse. Like more like God's like, let's put you in an Airbnb and give you the flu while your house is under construction. You know, I was just like, wow, this is so humbling. Um, you know, that's so interesting because I, you know, I, I've had a lot of health problems. Like I've, I was diagnosed with celiac when I was 12. I have all these food allergies, whatever. And I can meditate as much as I want and they don't go away, you know? So like, you know, whatever, it's not a thought form, it's real. And, uh, but somebody told me once, they're like, oh, well, if you didn't have that, you'd forget you had a body because you would just like be floating around. Like it brings you back. It brings you back to the fact that like you're human and you have to take care of that part of you. Because otherwise I probably just like, you know, wouldn't eat because where I came from, it was like, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> so, um, so these things that we think, you know, that they, 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 they serve a purpose, even if they're annoying. That's really interesting to think about that. Like, yeah. I also do think there is something with like, 
like when an energy, like, like when you feel so like when you feel a part of your body that you've never felt before, or like when I was first awakening, I would get, um, well, I now understand what they're called are Kriyas, but like mm. I had a, I had a random Kundalini opening, like on my couch before a shift, before I would labor delivery one night. I mean, it was just sitting there and it was like a four hour thing. And then I started to have these Kriyas where my, my nervous system would just shake, like how, you know, wow. at the end of the meditation that we would do, and then your body would just go, and it was like, yeah. almost like all the karma shifting or something, but I would just shift. Like I would just shake. Wow. And like, like my body was adjusting for so many years. Now I don't. And I don't know what it was, but that I read in a book that they're called Kriyas and they're actually like karmic things or I, I don't know. I don't, I think it was. This I've heard thing. of this. Yeah. You, have you ever had that before? I haven't. No. Yeah. I mean, it didn't happen until the Kundalini opening, but then it did. Now it doesn't. Yeah. Now I just get the flu. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's the worst. I'm so um, sorry. Anything else? So uh, as you're like shifting into your new job, how are you going to do this? Like, how are you? Yeah. Well, one thing that I will say is like, there's a karmic element to this, meaning there were things that I didn't take care of the last time around. I didn't manage my emotions very well. I didn't manage my stress very well. I took it way too seriously. It was way too hard on myself. And so what I would say is if you're in a job that's not ideal, take care of that stuff right now. Like take care of it when it's right in front of you. Cause you'll get a good, you'll get another chance. You'll get another go round. And it's been made very clear to me. My entrepreneurial uh, ventures will not grow until I pay off this part of this karma. So, but, but what I will say too, is Guru Jagat used to say this when something's right, it feels good. Like when something's reality, it feels good. Like, do I have trepidation about returning to this kind of corporate world? Yeah. Totally. But also because it's reality and because it's so necessary, it feels good. Like it feels right. It feels like grounded. Let's do it. And I will say I'm using like the masculine Capricorn side of me to get super organized around like, you know, like the things that I take care of at home, I'm going to need help with that stuff. So, you know, I've got the meal planning, like the meal delivery and like the things that you, um, you know, I know how bougie it sounds, but you know this, when you have more responsibilities, you need more help. Like a weekly massage might sound indulgent, but if it's the only thing that gets you back in your body, like that, that's necessary for you to do your job, you know, to hire the house cleaner or whatever help you need. So I'm getting very organized around that stuff so that I have that container so that I can, um, you know, have a lot, a lot of space because I, I know that about myself. Like I need a lot of space. Two things come up when you say this is I have noticed more. I mean, it's so obvious to me now anything as I've moved into my heart. So the, the way that I know that I'm moving into my heart, anything in disharmony will be, I will feel the chaos within my body. Mm-hmm. And that means I'm not supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I can feel that this will create disharmony within me. I cannot do it. So I took on another job, and I knew within a couple of weeks this place was just so disharmonious. Yeah, and I had to leave immediately. I was like, I can't have this on my resume. I can't have this in my life. Like I have because my frequencies changed. I need to be in more harmony. Where before yeah. I may have matched with that disharmony because that's where I was at. Right. 
So when you're, so if you're listening right now and you're like, is it the right choice for me? Is it the wrong choice for me? Usually with choices, it's, it's the first one. It's the, it's the immediate reaction. It's the deep knowing. And it's when it's in harmony, everything will work out when it's in disharmony, like the fridge will break, the thing will blow the, I mean, like this job, just, I just took a job that I didn't take actually, because it was in disharmony, but like I walk in and the whole power of the house, the place goes out three times. Five people quit when I walk in the door and I'm like, okay, so this is either me blowing the place up because it's right. like, or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, or like, I'm not supposed to work here. Right. Yeah. And so second thing is I feel like what you've come through is the hero's journey in your own way. And you're coming back around. I know this, I'm doing the same thing. Like when I was with my husband and we had the house and the whatever, bougie, whatever, then I left, went around the world, went around, wrote all my books, went all over the world, went through the spiritual opening. And now I'm back I moved back into like, I moved back into Momville and this yeah. like expensive area, right? Like in this house. Are you in a one year? Are you having a one year? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Well, cause this is something I would say to people listening, like use that stuff. Like you're on a hero, heroine's quest. You're on a mystical journey, like use that stuff. So in numerology last year was a nine year. I was finishing a lot of stuff up. This is a one year, like kind of starting uh, fresh. So I think, you know, it's interesting to have that broader, like when we're in the mundane, like sending emails phase of like um, it's noon on a Wednesday, I think it's helpful to remember, like you are part of a, a, a mythical kind of quest and journey and, and to bring in like that kind of mythology or astrology or whatever, it can help make sense of like the mundane part of your day. It is really interesting. It, this, like that. I mean, I don't know what year I'm in. If it, if it goes consecutively, I think I'm in a seven. If it was like, I remember like two years ago, it was five or six. I think so. I think it's yeah. I'm, I'm it was not consecutively. Well, anyway, yeah. this I have it all written down somewhere. I got it. You can do your what year you're in by doing the math. I don't know if you know yeah. it. Yeah. But um, it really is pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting as you go through all these, like what the hero's journey is, is you go through all these really beautiful, intense, exotic spiritual experiences. And then you have to go back into the mundane and you have to like be in both worlds at the same time. And, and, and then it's, it's exactly what has happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting that you point that out. And I think a lot of people who get into spirituality think that they're using it to escape like the mud and the, you know, the blood and the guts. And it's like, no, you would be an angel. Otherwise you're a human. And this is what it's all about. It's like diving, like facing this stuff head on rather than always trying to escape it. You know, I was listening to a podcast by Eckhart Tolle and and he said, somebody should write a book on this. And I think it's going to be part of my next book. He's one of you, I'm saying it out loud. Cause I, one of you listening is going to write a book Amazing. and this will be your layout. He's like, but you have to wait a little bit. And then your book will come. Cause I was asking the universe, give me the layout of my next book. Yeah. And then I turned this podcast on and the three sets were this first, you go through awakening, yeah. then you go through growing up and then you integrate it. And once you know, and so first the awakening part is when you it's the crack. It's the blow. It's like what I describe in alchemy becoming as the, the divorce, the, the, the job loss, the, the death, the, the, you know, the, you lose every baby, you can't get pregnant. It's that thing. Right. And then that breaks you open. And then you slowly see how fucked up you are and you see all those little personalities within you that need to grow up. So maybe you need to work on your finances. Maybe you need to go up to the Himalayas and back down the mountain to see that you can't climb. 
Maybe you need to, you know, like, um, just be a better mother or you need to grow, like heal your trauma or stop reacting. And then you, then you grow up in all these different forms and these different things, like you're not filing your taxes. You don't own a house, you like different things. And then you have to integrate that. And that's what we're talking with the hero's journey and and how to integrate it into your life. So then you go through all that craziness, then you integrate it and you know that you've really advanced in spirituality is when you don't react to the thing you used to. And that's all it fucking is. (laughs) It's like, you just didn't do the fight you would have done with your mom. And it's like, I just had to go up to the Himalayan mountains to learn that. Yeah. And that, but that's, that's what it is about. That's, I picked up my child from school and we did homework today and we laughed and it was a moment of just pure power of presence. And that's what I went through all that for, just to know that, like, why didn't I just know that? Oh my God, that's so true. And that's, that's the integration process of like, okay, you grew up now, you know, can you give that to a friend? Now, can you go to the clinic and make the heart and the head space be this place of like neutral things so they can integrate as much as you have? And can you move a little slower while you do it? Yeah. Yeah. You just said it. That's pretty much it. That's it. Now we can retire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it swirls around, right? So in like nine years, I'll be, I don't know. I'll have a new, a new understanding of it. Maybe I'll be like, no, every woman should stay home. Like, you know, whatever. We're, we're just like, you just spiral and deepen into the lesson and it just keeps coming back around. So, you know, you just, you get to spiral to a higher level of it, as you say. And are you still going to be taking private clients? If somebody wants yes. to work with you and they need help on their life, what do they do? Yeah. I mean, they say a writer needs to have a lot of experiences to be able to write a book. Like this is you. Right. And, and I feel it's the same with a with a coach. Like I'm really excited to be going out and having experiences so I can be a better coach. So absolutely. I'm keeping it going and you can schedule a private session at my website at marymargaretskelly.com. And if they can't make it to the website, how can they DM you on Instagram? Just go for it. I'm on Instagram at marymargaretskelly. Great. Well, I'll put that in the notes. Um, Reach out to her. She's awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again soon.